Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. This particular song or the lyrics of this song, when it says, when we, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, I thank God for saving me. When you talk about his thanksgiving, we think about his praise, his glory, his honor, which comes, we understand the goodness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His goodness, it protects us from the seen and the unseen dangers. He delivers us from the hand of the enemy and our carnal nature. He calls us to prosper and increase even in the midst of opposition challenging challenges and difficult times. Now, I want us, if you don't mind, I'm, I know you don't mind because I, I already asked the Lord about it. I want to give us an exam this morning. A test. One, I already failed, but I'm going to help you pass it. Is that all right? I want to ask a question. This morning. I guess one, one question on the test. It's not a long test. It's not long and, and drawn out, but it's just one question I want to ask this morning. And I'm going to help you. Don't answer too fast now. I don't want you to answer too fast. I want you to listen because I want two to you through the answer. The question, question is this morning, do you think more good or bad happens on the earth? Let me repeat the question again. Do you think more good or bad happens on the earth? Now, before you answer, don't be like me and go to the news media in your mind. Go to social media. Go to uh, kinfolk, go to the news, and so forth. Because if you do, you'll be like me, and you'll be absolutely wrong. Because there's more good that happens than there are bad. And the Lord brought some to my attention. He said, uh, on a news uh, feed, you may get 20 or 30 different stories in an hour or two or three hours. Well, he said, I do more than that for one person in in 30 minutes. Oh, y'all missed that right there. Can you imagine the news reporter going, uh, Mr. Dobbs just, Pastor Dobbs just got up this morning. Oh, he woke up this morning. He had the Lord on his mind. Oh, that's a good thing right there. Oh, when he woke up, he was talking, he was speaking in tongues, talking about thank you, Lord. He woke up another day. And then he got out of bed. Oh, that's a blessing right there. Cause it was, it was a little funny and shaky at first when he started getting out of bed. Because he was leaning up and talking about this and all this hurt and this, that, and the other. But he got out of bed. And you know what? He had a roof over his head. Oh, not only had a roof over his head, he had a bathroom to go to. Not only had a bathroom, he had clothes. Not just one outfit, but several outfits to choose from. Then he had an iron to iron him in. Do you see him over there choosing between blue or pink or yellow or orange or black? Then he said, no, I want to wear none of that. And went into another closet that had other clothes in it. Oh, he had plenty of clothes to put up. After he got dressed and he was in his right mind, and then he had his mind on Jesus, he had... a air conditioning flowing in the house. Oh, thank you for air, Lord. Lord, I appreciate being air. Wasn't no fan in the window like it used to be when I was growing up. Y'all don't know nobody right there. And, and so, he, he thanked God for the air that he had in his house. And had an ironing board, had teeth to brush. Y'all get that a little bit later. 
And then he went down to, amen, the kitchen. And he opened it up and he had choices to choose from. And then he looked in the pantry and he saw that bacon sitting in that in that pantry. That well, like his mama cooked it. But anyway, he got the bacon out, put it in the microwave that's already paid for, had electricity running that, with the air conditioning flowing, with a TV going in the background. I talk about a nice TV too. I talk about that thing he used to watch back in the day. That little uh little box that used to sit uh, on the top of the uh, little table right there, about this big right here, got a big old 64 inch 4K, amen, that were riding there with this network, amen, running through the background, had internet set going, had all that going. Listen, it ain't even 8.30 yet, and I got all this going on in my life right now. Are y'all following me? And I said, well, Lord, that's just one person. Can you look around the sanctuary? Can you think about all the good things that happened for you before 8 o'clock in the morning? And then we got the nerve to think that ain't nothing good happening on the earth right now. That God ain't doing no wonderful things. I mean, dog, I got bacon in my pantry right now. I ain't got to cook it for 10 minutes neither. All I got to do is put it in the microwave for two minutes. <laughs> All of this happening is not even 8.30 yet, Joe. And I'm just one believer. I'm one. You look around the sanctuary right here. Some people are already going to work, already have, listen, got their children ready on the bus, on the way to school. I mean, listen, just bless. I'm saying, well, God, I'm so sorry. That's not even a comparison when you look at the goodness of God, that all he's doing and what the world is doing. So you say, okay, God. And then he took me to Psalms 33 and verse 5. Psalms 33 and verse 5. He loves righteousness and justice. And then he, he drops this bombshell on me. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. I mean, the earth, not, got, not a small amount, but the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. That means everywhere I go, the goodness of the Lord is all around me. I mean the goodness of the Lord. I'm talking about the faithfulness of God. I'm talking about the kindness of God is all around me. And he, he knows what he said, though. It is the goodness of the Lord of the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. And I like what he said. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. I thank God that the heaven is full, but I appreciate the fact before I get to heaven, I can enjoy the goodness of the Lord right here on the earth. Notice what he said, the earth is full. I mean, it's full of the goodness of the Lord. I mean, it is absolutely full. And so if God says it's full, I believe it's full. I believe that it is full. Full. I mean, you can't tell me no nothing different. I used to think, well, Lord, all the all, everything going on in the news right now, they're talking about this, they're talking about that. They got a disease here, they got a fire there, they got militia going on over there, they got all types of political upheaval. But when you when you start to compare it to what God is doing, this ain't even nothing, unless you make it something. Now, let's go a little further. I believe it's important. No, let me say this to you. The Lord knows what is best for his children. He knows what's best. And I believe it's God's desire to give good things to his children. 
I believe this is his desire. That is his desire. In fact, I, I was going to say this scripture for later, but let me say this to you now. The Lord adds daily benefits to his children. Everything is beneficial to his children. And he does it, not weekly, but every day. But that makes sense, though, because if the earth is full of the Lord's goodness, it should be a problem for God to say, hey, just let that little goodness fall right now. A little more goodness fall right now. And I know he keeps making, causing goodness to happen to us on a day-by-day basis. Not only day-by-day, hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute, and second-by-second. But it is important for us to understand the goodness of the Lord from a biblical or a scriptural perspective. That's why Jesus made it clear to us as well as everyone else, including the devil, how we should conduct our lives, regulate our lives, and so forth. Just like we see in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Matthew chapter 4 reads as follows. But he answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live. He should, listen, he shall not live. Live means to enjoy his life, to have true life, to be active, strong, efficient, and blessed, to be powerful by bread or nutrients alone. But by every word that proceeds or comes forth or departs or flows forth from the mouth of God, either directly or indirectly. If we're going to live and be active and powerful and efficient in our actions, overall blessed, we must live our lives by God's word, no exception. Everybody say no exception. Many of our God-ordained blessings will be birthed as we hear, meditate, study, speak, understand, and apply God's written and revealed word. And let me say this to you. Understanding gives power to his word. Understanding gives power to his word. The Bible says, in all thy getting, get understanding. It's, you can read a scripture, but if you don't understand it, you're missing the power that's behind it. But when you understand the power of the scriptures, you understand that we says by his stripes that we are healed. When sickness comes up, you realize that his stripes are more powerful than the sickness. When you realize that when you say give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, press down, shake it together, and run it over, as Deacon just talked about a few minutes ago, then you know that that works. When I give, I'm, I'm looking for something. Oh, somebody say, I'm looking for something. And see, when you understand that God says that favor operates in your life, when you walk into a facility, you're looking for the favor of God on your life. If that person doesn't do it, you know the next one going to do it. Oh, God, God, God has favor for his people. Why? Because you understand his word. You understand that there's power in the word of God. And that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And see, when you understand that, that moves obstacles of our past and anything from our future that will try to hinder the miracle from manifesting itself in our lives. When it comes to God's goodness, we cannot base it on our knowing experience or what people have told us or what we see on TV, but it must be based on the word of God. 
Only time we take somebody's word is when they're testifying to the goodness of Jesus. Four scriptures we want to talk about for a few minutes describing the magnitude of God's goodness. First one is found in Psalms 23 and verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So notice this, surely goodness, surely his excellence, his richness, his prosperity, his happiness, his good, the good things, and his mercy. Now mercy is an interesting word because it's the same word that we find over in Psalms 33 and verse 5 when it talks about his goodness. It is the same defined word, just using a different terminology. And so one thing I thought about when I saw that was, and when we talk about the goodness of the Lord, goodness of the Lord is filling the earth or has filled the earth. It also lets me know his mercy has filled the earth. And that is such a powerful thing to me because God is merciful to us as believers. He's merciful. You know most of us don't get what we deserve at the time that we get it. Because you know God could have said, you know what, since you didn't pray this morning, I got you. He could have said, you did not even open your Bible the other day, I got you. But God's mercy is humongous. I like this. The Bible says this. It, it even... It rains on the just as well as the unjust. Even unsaved people get God's mercy. Because God feeds everybody, whether they're saved or they're unsaved. They act like Kroger's broke food. People act like Food Line or Food Depot grow food. All they do is process it. And you go to the store, pick it up and process it. Some people act like Wendy's and McDonald's grow food. None of them do. They process it, you pay for it, you pick it up, and you eat it. This is a beautiful thing about God. God's making sure saved people are taken care of just like he makes sure unsaved people are taken care of. Because he's merciful. God's mercy is all over the earth. Everywhere you go, you see God's mercy. We're passing out some bad things are still happening. It could be a lot worse. It could definitely be a lot worse. Now, Let's go back to Psalms 23 and verse 6. The surely goodness and mercy, kindness and faithfulness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dwell means to remain, to be established, and to be stable. Notice this, not anywhere, just not just anywhere, but in the house of the Lord. Now, before I get there, we first of all need to make sure we know who and what is following us. Notice we said goodness and mercy shall follow me, but there's other things that will try to follow you as well if you're not careful. There's some things that will try to hunt you down if you ain't careful. If you ain't careful, fear will try to, to follow you. Stress will try to follow you. Sickness and disease will try to po- follow you. Poverty will try to follow you. Anger and resentment will try to follow you. Jealousy and unforgiveness will try to follow you. Discouragement will try to follow you. But we got to quit letting these things, amen, they can follow, thank you Lord, they can follow us, but don't let them overtake you. Let goodness and mercy be your guide. Goodness and mercy 
shall follow me all the days of my life. And then as I allow goodness and mercy to follow me, I'm not going to be in and out of the church, but I'm going to dwell to make sure I'm rooted and grounded in God's word. I thank God for that. The second scripture is Psalms 109 and verse 21. Psalms 109 and verse 21. But you, O God, the Lord, deal with me for your name's sake. That word deal is an interesting word. It means to prepare, produce in me, and put things in order. I like God that he loves me enough to prepare some things in me. He produce in me and put in order. A good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. God is constantly, if, if you allow him, dealing with us on a day-by-day basis. I appreciate the fact that God prepares some th- stuff in us, produces in us, and puts things in order with me for his name's sake. Because your mercy, your goodness, your kindness, and your faithfulness is good. Deliver me. Deliver me. I thank God he's in the, pro- in the process of delivering us. And now, one thing I thought about this is that David knew that the key to God's goodness and his mercy delivering him was God dealing with him. What was God doing? God is preparing some things for him. He is producing in him and he's putting things in order. And that is our lifestyle that God is producing. Day by day, he's producing, he is preparing, and he's putting things in order in our lives. I appreciate God doing that. And I I know if God, he did it for David, he'll do it for each and every one of us. Because of his goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness, and his favor that's available for us, he is dealing with us that and we make sure that we are not hindering what God is doing in our lives. Let God pr- produce, let God prepare, and let God order. We may not always like it, but it's for our good. Everybody understand that? The next scripture is Psalms 34 and verse 8. He further reminds us, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste, perceive, eat, and eat, and all of that, see, look at, learn about, and observe that the Lord is good. You're going to taste it, and you're also going to see it. You're going to perceive it. You're going to look at it. You're going to learn about it. You're going to observe that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. One thing when I thought about when you look at tasting and seeing, it is something that we partake of. When you're walking with God and you're observing because the goodness of God is all around us, we are going to partake of his goodness on a day-by-day basis. Every day we're going to be partaking of the God. Now, the problem is if we don't take advantage of what God prepares for us. Notice what he said, one scripture says, the Lord prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He can prepare, but you may not eat it. Have you ever, and I've been guilty of this too, food has been prepared, but I didn't eat it. The person went through a lot of trouble, but I did not partake of it. God prepares something for us on a week-by-week basis, but it's up up to us to partake of it. He said, listen, I prepared this, 
through doves or another vessel, are you going to partake of it? David tells us we have to become aware and recognize and discern that the Lord is good. Our awareness can be can be so focused in on other things that we miss out on what God desires for us to have. Now, let's go to Nahum chapter one and verse seven. Nahum chapter one and verse seven. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. So the Lord is good. He's excellent. He's kind. He's beneficial. He's happy. And he is prosperous. Now, I like the fact that he's a stronghold, but I love the fact that he's a stronghold before I get in trouble. So when I do get in trouble, he can be my stronghold. You never got in trouble and said, Lord, get me out of this right here. Woo, thank you, Lord. But you know what's good about God? He's a stronghold before you get in trouble. He is a rock, a fortress, and a defense in the day of trouble. But thank God, even the day before I got in trouble, he was still a rock. He was still a fortress. He was still a defense. So I, I'm not asking God to turn into something that he's not already, already is. He's already a stronghold. I'm just asking him to rescue me. Deliver me, God. Deliver me out of my, out of my trouble that I got myself into. Nahum the prophet was also dealing with the folks in Nineveh. A few weeks ago, we, we, some of the brothers shared how God is an adventure. Wonderful lesson that they taught. Nahum makes it clear that the Lord is excellent, kind, happy, prosperous, and beneficial. He is also a rock in the for- and a fortress in the day of trouble. Trouble is defined as adversity, tribulation, distress, and affliction. Knows how Nahum ends the text, and he knows, he recognizes, and he distinguishes those who trust, who seek refuge, confide in, and hope in him. We can see God's goodness all around us, and that is what God wants us to focus in on. He wants us to focus in on his goodness, not on the negative. See, the media... Past experiences, friends and family may try to influence us to focus in on the bad things happening around us. But again, Psalms 33 and verse 5, the earth is full, it is satisfied, it's complete of the goodness, the kindness, the mercy, and the faithfulness of the Lord. See, every time, just do me a quick favor, I know your hands are already tied up with stuff in it, but just kind of wave one of the hands around a little bit. That's goodness all around you right there. That's goodness all around you right there. Oh, that's why we wave our hand. Just waving it in goodness all the time. I mean, God is good, y'all. You ain't got to look all over the world. God is good right in this sanctuary. I'm looking for God to be good next week. Now, look for God to be good right now. Right now. I'm not looking for God to be good next week. I'm looking for the God that's good right now. Right now as I talk to you. Oh, thank you. The goodness of God, I'm about to go back to but let me share this with you real quickly. The goodness of God is the fact that you can hear his word and understand it. Understand. Okay, okay. Pastor Dobbs is telling me that goodness of God is all around me. Because the earth is full of it. I mean, it's full. It's complete. And if God says he's good all the time, oh, I know he's good. 
I, listen, I know, and understand, I don't negate the things that are happening, but I realize God is bigger than the things that are happening around me. But I'd be so focused in on this stuff happening, I miss out on the goodness of God all around me. So busy, what's happening on the news? So busy, what's happening to somebody else's house? So busy, what's happening to social media? I miss God being good all around me. I miss it. Now, oh God. Now, let's move a little further. Just because the earth is full of this goodness does not mean you will experience all of the goodness that God has for you. In my estimation, that's why scriptures like Isaiah 1 and 19 is so important for us as believers to operate in his obedience. And to hear his instructions and follow them. To listen to the orders of God and carry them out. To yield to his directions. To follow his commands. To understand his laws. Isaiah 1 and 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the what? Land. God has some good land for his children. If you're willing, if you accept and desire, and you're obedient, you hear his instructions, you listen to his orders, you yield to his directions, you follow his commands, you understand his laws. You shall eat the good. Everybody say good. good. Now what's good? His prosperity. His joy. His happiness. The good things. The better. Better is here and better is coming. Of the land. But you know what? When I read a scripture like that, this explains to me why some people go their whole life and wonder if God is good. They go their whole life and they experience God's goodness sparingly. Whereas those who have a lifestyle of obedience, they always talking about God is good all the time. And all the time God is good. They're always talking about, yeah, I prayed the other day and God was answering my prayers. Lord, I was giving and God gave back to me. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. They were praying and they said, you know what? By his stripes, I am healed. Sickness and disease has no place in my body. Oh, they were praying and they said, I've got the peace that passes all understanding. And other people are wondering, what are they talking about? Because they're not obedient like you are. And see, since you're an obedient child of God, you are experiencing the goodness of the Lord right here on the earth. You're willing and obedient and you're eating the good of the land. Oh, isn't it good to know you can eat the good of the land? You ain't got to wait till two weeks to get to it. You can experience it today. Oh, thank God you can experience it today. At times, we can obey and carry our request, but our attitude and our heart may not be where it should be. We just do it because we're told to. And of course, that has its place. Remember, Jesus had that parable where he talk, talked about that one person who said, I'm not going to do it. 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 When it came to it, he did it. Other person who said, I'm going to do it. 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 Came to it. They didn't do it. So the bottom line is, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? But when you do it, let's do it with a godly attitude or a righteous attitude. 
See, good understanding helps us see how willing and obedient partners, excuse me, help us to see when we're willing and obedient, it helps us to eat the good of the land, to consume it, to feed upon it. See, willingness addresses my attitude and tells me to desire to do a particular thing or to accept my call and not just comply. Obedience says it teaches me to how to address my attitude by hearing instructions, yielding to instructions, listening to others, understanding what you are being asked. In other words, receiving clarity to minimize chaos and confusion. Let me give you a nugget that I pray that you will get a hold of. You will probably never understand everything when God gives you an instruction, but he will give you enough to obey. You will probably not understand everything about an instruction, but you will have enough to obey. Let me give you an example. Abraham, let's go. Where are we going, God? To a land I'm going to show you. He gave him enough to obey, but he did not give him anything. So you got to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. You got to learn how to keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Everything that's going to be put out to you, point A, point B, point C, point D. God will give you point A, and then he'll say, now start doing it. Oh, I need to know everything about it. <laughs> oh, he had to apologize to Abraham warning. But Abraham, the father of righteousness, he started going in the direction that God wanted him to go. And as he went, he understood what God was telling him. I was thinking about that brother who said, hey, I want you to go fishing. That first fish you catch. Take the money out and go pay your taxes. If I was like, Peter, what in the world are you talking about, God? Ain't, ain't no money, no fish in mouth. No, you will follow. You got enough to follow the instructions. And when you do it, you'll understand better as you do it. And this many times what God would do. He'll give you enough to obey, but we will not give you the full instructions. So in turn, you can carry it out the way he wants it done. I believe some people get in the way if they had too much information anyway. Thank you all for the four way man right there. Just look ahead like I'm not talking to you. Okay, just look ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go to Psalms 31 and verse 1. Before we get to Psalms 31 and 19, something that I believe we need to deal with. And you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. So he says this, I put my trust, my protect, my confidence and my hope. Let me never be ashamed. Let me never be disappointed or disgraced. Deliver me in your righteousness. We have to know like David does that God does not disappoint. If disappointment in life comes, disappointment in life comes when people try to escape through ungodly relationships. When people try to escape through mind-altering drugs. When people try to escape working 80 hours a week. When people try to escape by their so-called friends. All of these things will eventually disappoint you and cause you to be ashamed. Mm -mm. The key to our deliverance is trusting the Lord wholeheartedly. 
That's why David helps us to understand that he chose to put his trust in the Lord. Now, one thing I when I was meditating upon this, one thing I learned, everybody has trust. But what do you do with it? Everybody has trust. But the question is, what are you doing with your trust? David said, I'm putting my trust in the Lord. Sometimes people will put their trust in their money. Sometimes people will put their trust in relationships. Sometimes people will put their trust in their own ability. Sometimes people will put their trust in their own way of doing things. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it is destruction. Where are you putting your trust at this morning? Now, David said, I'm putting my trust in the Lord. But what are you doing with your trust this morning? What are you doing with your trust this morning? I know that's a sobering question because it was sobering to me. I said, well, God, I'm telling you I'm putting my trust in you. Then he asked me, are you really putting your trust in me? Are you putting your trust in me as long as I do what you want me to do? Are you putting your trust in me as long as everything is going the way that you want it to go? Are you putting your trust in me as long as you're not put in an inconvenience in this situation or this circumstance? And so I have to ask myself the question, who am I putting my trust in? Who am I putting my trust in? And you ask yourself the question this morning, who are you putting your, who who are or what are you putting your trust in? Because I, I realize this. Trust is a precious commodity. Let me say that again. Trust is a precious commodity. You just don't put your trust in anything. It's got to be God approved before you put your trust in it. God approved before you put your trust in it. We must know and understand that there are many things trying to get us to move or shift our trust in things other than God, our Savior, our Deliverer, our goodness, and the God of our salvation. We are inundated with information constantly trying to appeal to our senses and get us to move our trust from God over to it. For example, advertisers will try to get us to place our trust in their product so we will buy. And their motivation is money. Y'all know advertise, that's all they advertise for is money. What they really like, or they, they're concerned about what I'm thinking about. Let me tell you something. Advertisers, someone will go to the edge of, to not lying in order to get your money. Lying called false advertising. But they'll go to the edge now. And they'll say like, well, we never said that it would do this. We just implied that it would do this. Oh, look how y'all looking at me here. Okay, all right. Keep living. Because I they got me like that one time. Five times. Okay, get up and real. They got me a lot of times, all right? I have gave them my money and realized when I got the product, it didn't do what I thought. The salesman was convincing to me. All right, you use this three times a day. You put it on morning, noon, and before you go to bed. 
Your whole facial thing. I mean, you be looking like Denzel. Woo! Denzel! Really? Woo! I did it for a couple of days. I still look like Richard. <laughs> I said, this stuff don't work. Sometimes you ever seen them advertising? Y'all read that little fine print sometimes. Boy, that fine print will mess your mind up. We do not really, we do not really promote what we're talking about. We just kind of told you that and make it sound good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Advertise, cause they after your money. Long story short, they after your money. Another example is this. Individuals want to trust, want you to trust them so they can take advantage of you in the situation however they choose to. There are people that will try to manipulate you to try to take advantage of you. Oh, look how you're looking here. I want y'all to understand that now. People will lie to you to take advantage of you. And it will sound so good. But all they are just taking advantage of you. A business or a job wants you to put, to complete trust in them so they can dictate how we work, when we work, and what we will get paid to work. We thank God for work, but we have to remember that God is our source and the job or the, or the business is a tool that we use for money. The government wants us to trust them, but I know we ain't trust the government. I pray you ain't trust the government. Good God, no matter. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked on that. I pray you ain't trusting the government. But we have to remember that God must be the God over the government or the government will soon realize its limitations. We see it happen from nation to nation, whether through a virus, hurricanes, building, buildings collapsing, militant forces, uh, militant armies taking over, fires out of control, crime rates skyrocketing, and people fighting and protesting over something as simple as a mask to cover your face. Well, people get upset about a mask. Won't they? they won't get upset about you going to hell, but they'll be upset about a mask. Let me get out of that, boy. The Lord wants us to trust him because our trust in him show that we're relying on an almighty God who will never fail or disappoint us. David has made that decision to put his trust in the Lord, and we need to make that same decision. We need to put our trust in the Lord. It's precious. You don't give your trust to anybody. You don't give your trust to anybody. Well, I trust you wholeheartedly. No. <laughs> Two people I trust in the room pretty good. Charity and uh, my wife. But I still got some limitations to the trust. So you know I love y'all, right? I trust you to a certain extent. I see that. You know, you know some things y'all don't never see about me. Because <laughs> I don't trust you like that. I love you. I pray for you. But don't. You should be the same way about me, though. Trust me as far as the Lord tell you to. I'm telling you, when it comes to, you say, Pastor, I need to share something with you. Okay, you, you believe, I'm not going to tell, tell anybody about it. But if God will tell me to tell you, don't tell me what God will tell me to tell you. Tell me. Y'all, y'all find me. I don't need to hear if God don't want me to know it. Are y'all following me? That's how you trust God. Well, cause sometimes God will tell you, I need you to take this and I need you to deal with this right here. I don't need you to tell anybody this cause I need for you to work this out. Well, God, I need to tell somebody. No, something God wants you to keep. Then there's some things he wants you to tell. You got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Everybody see the difference there? Because why? Your trust is a precious commodity. 
You just don't give it to anybody. And you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, ooh, let's go a little further. We have a promise that trusting God will cause us not to be ashamed or disappointed. Now, some say they got disappointed by God. Let's examine a few of these so-called disappointments. If God did not say it, why are you disappointed? Remember what we talked about the other day uh, in, in our Sunday school lesson? Not Sunday school, yeah, Sunday school lesson. One of the roles of, excuse me, one of the definitions are how do you know that person is a true prophet is if they say something and it comes to pass. How you know they're not, how you know they're a false prophet? They say it and it don't come to pass. It wasn't real deep. It was just real simple. If they say it, it comes to pass, they're a true prophet. If they say it and don't come to pass, they're a false prophet. Now we give people grace and we know they can repent of their sins. But if God did not say it, we can't be disappointed again. All right. Second point is this. Try to rush God to do something. We want God to do it right now. And God said, no, I'm not doing it right now. We know how God's response is. He, he don't say nothing. He just, he just. But you know what scripture says? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But you got to learn how to wait. You gotta learn how to wait. Because sometimes God will tell you to wait. I mean, that's, that's, that's him. But not because he don't do it when you want him to do it, doesn't mean he disappointed you. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites is asking God to change people when people are free more agents. Asking God to change people when people are free more agents. Well, Pastor Dobbs, I asked the Lord to get me that job, and I said the heart of the king is in his hands, and he changed, and I got the job, and then they paid me $200,000. No, seven figures. Six, the new thing is seven figures now, right? They're paying you seven figures now, right? But you know, he didn't say he would keep their mind changed. He had changed enough to get you the job, then they pay you the seven figures. Two weeks later, they wonder why they hired you. But once you start producing, they'll see why they hired you. Joseph was a man, how in the world, the man that was in jail be number two in the whole land. I know that. Listen, I guarantee you, person number three, four, five, six, and down will wonder what in the world will happen here. The man that was in jail, in jail, y'all, not in a in, a, in the manager training program, in jail. Got put to number two in the land. I know people wonder what happened, but by the time he he came to his senses, Joseph was producing, y'all. He was producing. Oh, this is why I put him here. And he looked good doing it, but it wasn't his idea. <laughs> God can change people's mind, but don't mean he's going to keep them changed. Everybody understand that? Something else too. Thinking we know which way is better. God don't disappoint because you do your, your way. And then you get, you don't go the way you think it ought to go. That ain't God. Why, why are you disappointing God? Now, let me say this to you before I go my last point here. I have failed miserably on all these. 
I have been disappointed and thought God did something and God didn't do nothing. It was me the whole time. It was my mind, the way I thought, my, my reasoning, the whole nine yards. And the other one is not repenting of our wrongdoing. God will disappoint because you don't repent. He waits for you to repent and get that thing right. We've got to repent, y'all. We've got to ask God to forgive us because we're doing it wrong. I know this might be sober somewhat, but it's reality. I'm disappointed. God didn't do it the way I wanted it done. Well, he probably did. But you know what, what happens is you spend time with God. God will help you to understand his reason, his way of doing things, and you'll be a better Christian if you do it. But God don't disappoint. God does not make people ashamed. He does not disappoint or cause people to be ashamed. But you get with him, he'll teach you some lessons. And, and I, let me say this, it'll, it'll make you a much better Christian. It'll make you a much better Christian. Now, go to Psalms 31 and 19. We just did Psalms 31 and 1. 31 and 19. I'm going to read to you. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. Now, David begins this first clause of this text in Psalms 31 and 19, which is our main text, is how great is your goodness. Now, I started off telling you, first of all, that goodness is already good. I know it might be a strange statement, but in reality, if it's already good, it's already good. God's prosperity is already good. God's love is already good. God's kindness is already good. His faithfulness is already good. His Him being better is already good. But David saw in a different dimension. He said, it's great is your goodness. I'm saying, God, he was letting me know that his goodness is not only, let's say, for example, let's say, for example, his prosperity. His prosperity is already good. But can you imagine if you put the great in front of him? I mean, that just takes it to a whole new level. Not only is it Good, but his kindness, kindness already good. But can you imagine now he's going to say, I'm going to even do abundantly above what you currently got for kindness. I mean, that's a good God. ain't it? All of this is in the earth right now. For us to experience. I'm going to say you experience. But I'm going to get some of it too. All right. Us to experience all of us right now. It's here for us right now. David caught a hold of it. He said, David said, his goodness is great. But I realized, David realized something. It's here on earth right now. It's here right now. Today, we can experience God, excuse me, the great, excuse me, great goodness. I like this part where he says, which you have laid up for those who fear you. We must always remember how great God, great God's goodness is and continue to speak it over our lives and our circumstances, regardless of what we see or hear. David had made the decision to trust in the Lord. And he knew that God had the power to deliver him. So he would not be ashamed no matter how long it took or whatever means it took. Let me say this to you. It, 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 God may take years to deliver you. He may take years, but he going to deliver you. Oh, he's going to deliver you. Pastor, why you say he's going to take years? I don't know, but he did it for this woman who had an issue of blood. Took him years. I wish he would have done it quicker, but he didn't, y'all. 
There was a woman that, there was one woman, she's about to eat her last meal and die. So the prophet came into town and said, fix a meal, not for her, but for him. But you know that, that turned into a thriving business. I mean, that is just a good thing God did. I was thinking, why did God have to wait till he got down to a last meal, though? I'm just me asking questions. Just me asking questions. Why did God have to wait to get down to your last before he started moving and shaking in your life? Did he tell you to give that away? Why does God wait till you get to your last pill before he said, now I'm going to heal your body? Why does God wait till you get before he moves? And sometimes he thinks he didn't wait for you just to acknowledge him in all your ways and him directing your path. But ain't God good, though? Has God delivered you time and time and time and time and time and time and time again? And if he did it for you in 2021 and 2019 and 2018 and 2017, I'm like Dickie McCullough. He'll do it in 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, because God will not run out. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. See we keep remind, we keep talking to God. God, you're mighty. God, you're strong. God, you're faithful. God, you are a blessing and a benefit to me, my family, my, my finances, my church, my school, my business. You are my better God. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for being my better. Oh, you're, you're, it's everywhere. Let's, let's move your hand around. Look, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, you can't even wave without feeling God goodness. You feel that air right there? If you didn't have it, you'll be be messed up, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. So don't talk about, I ain't got, I don't feel nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. God's goodness is real, y'all. Goes on to say in the second clause, this is powerful to me. Y'all, hold on now, I'm going to keep teaching until I get it finished, all right? Y'all stay with me now, stay with me. Which you have laid up. I thought this was interesting. That word laid is a very interesting word to me. It means hide a secret place or hidden treasure. So God's goodness is hid from those who do not walk upright before him, even though it's all around. So some people are walking around saying, I don't know, think God good. And you're like, how do you don't think God good? But it's hid from them. It's, 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 it's a secret to them. You talk about, oh man, I, you, every time you walk on your job, you smile and talk about, oh, this is a day the Lord has made. And this, I'm going to continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Then, the, you know, how people talk about it's, it's moody Monday and all that kind of stuff. No, no, this is a day the Lord has made. This is a good Monday. Oh, this is a good Tuesday. This is a good Wednesday. This is a good Thursday. This is a good Friday. This is a good Saturday. This is a good Sunday. This is a good Monday. And you keep going on and on. People walk around, oh God. I can't stand this job. I thank God for the job. It's just a temporary job anyway. I mean, God got bit bigger and better for me. I, I, I'm just, I'm here to each having to move to the better. I mean, God is good. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. What am I complaining about? He putting a roof over my head. He making sure the check is good. You ain't ne- never live long enough till you got your paycheck and go to the bank, try to cash it. And it's no good. You ain't live long enough. Y'all experience nothing like that for you. I mean, I've I, I talked some, I, I just work in the bank, y'all. 
I, 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 there were some brothers came in there. I called some names. Some of y'all would know them. I know you would. I, 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 them, I mean, they work hard. You ever seen that look hard, brother? Look, look, look like it's hard. Woo! It's hard. They coming in there, boys, dragging, boots dragging on the floor. Dragging, boys. You know what they got in their mind. I ain't gonna say what they got in their mind. They put the thing on there, put the ID, they ready to cash that check. I don't care how you put it in. You put it in about five or six different ways. <laughs> that thing is still not gonna be good. And you have to slide the check and the ID back across and try to say it real low. This check no good. <laughs> I apologize, sir, about your convenience, but maybe you can check with your, your person who gave it to you. Maybe they can make that thing good. And you, you just pray that they don't get all upset and start, and start, you know, start causing the scene and so forth. Because if it's real, if it's no good, it's no good. So if you check good every week, I mean, you check good every week, every month, every two weeks, every three weeks. Every day, whatever you get it, then you a blessed person. You a blessed person. You a blessed person. Now, anyway, David acknowledged that there is a level of goodness laid up in secret places that we're going to gain access by fearing him, reverencing him, and honoring him. Then he goes on the second part of that, which you have prepared for those who trust in you. Notice this, he said, I prepared this for those who trust or put confidence and him in the presence or the appearance or the showing of the sons of men. God has ordained some things for those who are willing and obedient. We're going to eat the good of the land despite the obstacles, hard times, tricks, and the traps of the enemy that he tries to pull against us. See, trusting Jesus is a choice. Trusting Jesus is a choice. Having confidence and confiding in him and seeking refuge is a choice and it is a precious choice that you make as to who you put your trust in. You don't believe it? I can ask two or three people in this sanctuary. Have you ever put your trust in something that disappointed you? Hurt you? Did you wrong? And so forth. But that, that, and, and if you told the truth, you want to fight. Mm-hmm. I ain't talking about fight fair neither. You want to hurt them real bad. Now see, some of y'all looking like innocent, but keep on looking ahead though. I got your number. Mm-hmm. I know who you are too, baby. I got you. You want to hurt them. I ain't talking about hurt them. I'm not hurting them bad too. Hurt them bad. You got to learn, let me say this to you, how to develop your trust in Jesus. You got to develop. In my opinion, trust will die out and be no longer effective if I do not continue to develop that trust. You got to develop that trust. Everybody understand what I mean by develop that trust? How do you do that? I'm glad you asked me. I develop trust through daily devotionals, study of scripture, hearing and applying God's written and revealed word. Not to mention prayer, giving, witnessing, and so forth. No shortcuts. No shortcuts. No cheat sheets. If you're going to develop it, you got to do it God's way. If God says, if I'm going to develop, you want to develop your trust, 
Because if you have trust today, it'll be gone tomorrow. Because you're not developing it. You're not developing. You're not doing what it takes in order to develop it. You're not having devotionals. You're not studying scriptures. You're not hearing and applying God's written and revealed word. You're not praying. You're not giving. You're not witnessing and so forth. And then it, all of a sudden you say, where did it go to? Now you put your trust in man-made stuff and there it disappoints. Now, at times we may be tempted to lose heart, to give up or give in, but we have to pull those scriptures like Psalms 27 and 13. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Notice what David said. I would have believed I had been faithful, been established and stand firm that I would see or perceive or consider the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You can be waving your giving, waving in your prayer life. You're receiving and applying God's word. You even wave it coming to hear God's word. But life is real. And it come in your ways, it can be overwhelming, and it will cause you to lose heart if you don't respond to it the right way. That's why David said, I'm trusting the Lord in bringing God's goodness. Now, I want to close with this scripture, Ephesians 3 and 20. Ephesians 3 and 20. Let me read this to you before I go into to this last part. It's essential that we know and understand that the Holy Spirit provides the power in us to receive the abundance of goodness that God has all around us. Ephesians 3 and 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly more than, more than, above, over and beyond, abundantly, extraordinary and greatly, above, for the sake of, or more than all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Let me give you what God's goodness is. Let me give you God's goodness and let me say this to you, the Holy Spirit is working in you right now to get this in you. It's all around us. It's all around us. It's in us. But we want to keep it, keep it growing. We want to keep it moving. We want to keep it uh, expounding. Do it above and beyond. For example, we want God's healing to be in us. All right? Everybody see that? Secondly, his peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Let it be in us. Yeah, I know we got some, but let's get that that goes. Let it keep going. His joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's keep going. His love, the love of God, be shared abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Let it keep growing. His protection, His favor, His prosperity, His forgiveness, His guidance, His love, whatever it is, we want it all. And it's all around us. It's all around us. It's all around us. This is the goodness of God. And one thing I, I wrote that I thought was pretty good. This is my opinion. It's good to know that God is working in us and around us. I mean, that's a blessing to me. I, I appreciate the fact that God loved me enough. That I'm not the best Christian in the world. I, I put that on the table right now. But I appreciate the fact God still loves me enough to work with me. I love what Paul said. Paul put it like this. I was the cheapest of sinners. <laughs> Paul was a mess, y'all. I literally, he was a mess. But God loved him enough to help him along the way. And I appreciate the fact God loves him enough. He loved us enough to help us along the way. And you know what's great about it? He got enough to go around. Woo, tell somebody he got enough to go around. 
In fact, he got more than enough to go around. Woo! All right, listen, stand your feet this way around a little bit. Y'all, let's feel God's goodness all around the sanctuary just for a moment. Woo! I mean, do you feel God's goodness all around you? I'm talking about God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Woo! When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah! Praise God for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for prospering me. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for delivering me. God, the Lord, deliver us out of them all. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for doing what you do in the sanctuary. Somebody said, well, why are you lifting your hand like that? You know why, Renette, don't you? The goodness of the Lord is all around me. Ride down the road. Sometimes you just say, Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.